This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I've got a special guest today. Uh, I had the joy of uh, staying at his house last week, so uh, got to hang out with he and his wife. But uh, I'm, I'm proud to introduce Mark Merck, who is one of our influencers who lives currently in the, the Memphis area. I guess it's uh, technically uh, uh, not Memphis, not Tennessee, right? Uh, South Haven, Mississippi. South Haven, Mississippi. I knew I'd get the get the city wrong, but uh, anyway. But Mark has an amazing story. Mark originally came to us through the Central Coast of California, so you're going to hear Mark's story. But Mark and Tina moved moved to Memphis a couple of years ago in, in that area. So, so Mark, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, sharing the stories. You know, I I I feel very privileged. I get a front row seat to see what God's doing, and I get to talk to all sorts of people all around the country, and I hear a million stories, and I love them all. But not everybody out there knows stories, so I would love to share right. the stories with everybody. So, so Mark, uh, t- let's talk a little bit about your story and kind of what uh, happened or how you found out about influencers out in the Central Coast. And uh, sure kind of where, where you were before that and then what finding influencers did for you. So let's just start there. Yeah. So uh, actually got into men's ministry back in 1996 after going to a promise keepers at the LA Coliseum. Uh, I was in central California at that point in the central Valley in Kingsburg. Um, so I got into men's ministry uh, years later, Tina and I had the opportunity to move over to the central coast to Pismo beach and uh Thought I was going to hide in a church there for a while, but uh, that didn't happen. Ended up being the director of men's ministry at a, a large church over there. And uh, came along, uh, there wasn't much fruit coming out of our Thursday nights, what we called men's fraternity. Uh, it, it just, we were trying, but it just wasn't happening. And uh, in came a guy named Jim Pennington that had moved over from Bakersfield and he asked me to go to uh, coffee the next morning. So we did. And we found out we had a lot in common. Um, some things in common, not everything in common as it goes. But um, he was telling me about uh, influencers and he talked about M24 and uh, M6 and M48. I I said, man, my name is Mark Merck and that's too many M's for me. I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> so... We ended up going over, me and uh, I think it was five other guys, as well as Jim, went over to their M24, their Men for 24-hour event. And and Brian, I got to tell you, um, they had a couple of stops on the way into the event. So it was about, uh, it seemed like about five miles or five minutes, maybe from the road to where where we parked. Uh, One tent, they greeted us and handed us some water. The next one, they greeted us and handed us a hat. The next one, they greeted us and gave us a lanyard and a T-shirt, I think. And just by the countenance in these men that I encountered, I hadn't even parked yet. And I said, I don't know what it is, but I want in on this because I could see these are men. These are godly men. And, you know, it was a great event that weekend. And Jim and I got together, talked about it, prayed about it a lot. And and that following uh, January launched. 
influencer Central Coast. And uh, we had a, a barbecue, which we referred to as M6. And I think we had probably 60 or so guys there that first night in his backyard. And, and it continued to grow from there. Um, then, then it came time to launch journey groups. And I had to do what I do not recommend anybody ever do is I had to guide a journey group without ever being in one before. And uh, the fact that two board members came out of that first or second group, it, it blows my mind because I look back, it was awful. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it helped me to see that uh, it's not about me. It's about what God's doing through these men as they go through the journey. And, and that was something that I needed to needed to see. I think I put myself as too much of an important piece of a men's ministry. So, yeah, we continued to, um, to guide groups and, and raise groups up. And uh, it doesn't always happen the best in churches. Um, it's that outside model outside the church that I've seen works really well. But um, so does that, that give you an idea of, of the start of how I got involved? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And of course, you know, my ears perk up when you say you went to promise keepers in 1996, cause that was the year that I went for, you know, that God really grabbed hold of me when I was 30 years old, you know, and you and I right. are close to the same age, but um, yeah. Yeah. And, and we, you and I talked about when I was staying with you, you know, promise mm -hmm. keepers was awesome. Awesome. Awakening of men and a great message, but they didn't know how to, what, what to do after an event, you know, how to help men right. after the event, you know, and churches didn't right. know really how to help the men. So, uh, you know, you and I both got involved in men's ministry and trying to help, you know, guys, yep. but we didn't know how to do it, you know, didn't know what to um, do. Yeah. And all that, all that M stuff you're talking about, for those who don't know, he's talking about Bakersfield. They, they've, they're really creative and they came up with all these M's that kind of started with the word uh, man of God is where the M started with mm -hmm. at first, I think. And then uh, they describe all their events with M's and they, they know how to gather men. They, they definitely have a, Les Piercy has a gift of knowing how to get men in a room or at a, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Jim came over to the central coast and, and was trying to a little bit replicate what he had seen in Bakersfield. So and, you were there right there at the beginning of all that. So, uh -huh. so, so, so uh, tell me, you know, you said you kind of bumbled through, I guess, your first time leading a journey group because you didn't really know what you were doing, but right. did, did anything of it penetrate your heart? I mean, the principles that you, in the manual and all that, what, what kind of really grabbed hold of you as, as far as the process goes? Yeah. So before any uh, six week study I'd gone through was uh, it was a, a topic. And, you know, so there was, there was verses surrounded by a topic and what I had before me now was different. It was a process and, and it was a process of, of taking me on a journey from really getting to know God in an intimate way for the first time. Um, I've said the prayers, uh, I've made commitments and all that, but to, to really get to know him, um, was, was something different. Um, one of the guys that was in uh, one of the groups back in those days, I think said it about as well as I've heard it said. He said, I've went to church my whole life and heard about God. I got into a journey group and I got to know him. And, mm. and I, I really agree with that. Um, as I'm trying to wrap my mind around the, creating this ministry, or recreating this ministry, I'm also trying to wrap my head around what's before me. And so um, I continue to tell people when I do guide training that uh, you know, I've done a lot of groups 
but uh, I get something out of it every single time. And you you don't guide a group without going through it. It's that's just an absurd thing, because I'm not not there to teach anyone anything. The Holy Spirit's going to do that. I'm there to guide them. I've been there before. That's what a guide is. I'm not a leader. I'm not a teacher. I'm a guide. And you can't guide if you're not on the same path, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. You know, another famous quote that came out of the Central Coast area was. Uh, I believe it was Sean Baker said that his son said, daddy, since you start doing the journey, Jesus lives at our house now. Is yeah. That, right? that was his daughter. <laughs> oh, his he, daughter. He, would, he, he was in my second group. Yeah. Yeah. That I remember him sharing that with us. Yeah. That was just amazing. She oh, says, yeah. we used to talk, we used to talk a lot about Jesus in our house. Now he's here. That was just beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and you know it's it's going strong in Central Coast. Jim's still yeah. doing a great job over there. They and they do some they do some large gatherings and all that. But but I know Jim and you guys were all about getting people into that journey process because that's the thing that makes the difference. You know, um, and and still going very strong over there. Yeah, one of the um, the transitions that we did was going into North County up into the Paso Robles Robles area. So I worked up in Paso Robles, so I was the obvious one. <laughs> to do that. And so I started going to uh, a a group meeting that they had on Wednesday mornings at uh, First Baptist Paso, which was uh, Band of Brothers. And uh, got to know Gus Bess and Dan Dow and and Scott Peterson and a lot of of the different guys up there. And in my mind, we were going to turn that whole room into a giant journey group. And uh, that was squashed pretty quick. So uh, Gus and I actually wrote down 10 names and prayed for those guys for about, uh, about six months. Cause another part of guide training is when, when God first puts it on your heart that you might lead a group or guide a group, you want to start praying for who the people are going to be in that group. And, uh, I guarantee you, sometimes you're going to be wowed at what God does there. I, I've got tons of stories of that like that, <laughs> but, um, so we, we prayed about that. And when we had our first meeting, uh, for that group, we had it at the Paso Robles Chevrolet dealership in the showroom. Uh, we had 17 guys show up. Now, wait a minute. We prayed for 10, but we were asking God to give us who he wants to give us. Two of the 10 didn't make it, but 17 did. And we ended up going through commencement with 22 or 23 guys. I mean, <laughs> and, and I think the best part about that is um, within the next couple of months, we launched, I think it's seven groups from that original group. And, mm-hmm. and w- again, it was a, another thing for God to help show me. Um, I've got this. Mm-hmm. It, all you have to do is say yes and show up and, and I've got the rest. And I used to think it was, uh, you know, I really had to organize this and organize that. And I had to make sure this happened, make sure that happened. And, God just showed me through that Paso Chevy deal and and still does. I mean, they're on their fifth round in Paso Chevy now and they have 20, 25 guys every week. And it's just a wonderful thing. And um, yeah, it's amazing what God does when we just say yes and show up. Yeah, that's awesome. That is true. So true. Well, I want to transition your story. So all that's great fruits going on. You're involved in leadership. You're on the board with Jim out there and, and influencers. Central Coast is healthy. And I hear that you're moving to the Memphis, Tennessee area. So what gives with that? What's going on? Tell, tell us how that evolved. 
Yeah, it's a lot of moving parts, and I'll try not to go too long on this. So uh, May of 19, we were at Soto for a leadership summit, and uh, Pastor Nate Sweeney uh, gave a message, and he said, man, I'm sure you pray for your wives. He said, I'll bet, in fact, some of you even pray for your pray for your wife and the way she asked you to. He said, but when was the last time you ever you ever asked God, what does your wife need? And you could just hear this over the room. So. My wife had been. Disabled. For about eight years at this point, she was having a really hard time. So now we're in about August and I'm down, down walking on the beach and I'm crying out to God. What does Tina need? What does she need, Lord? She's had a really bad couple of weeks. And he said, she needs a night of prayer and encouragement. I'm like, hmm, what's that look like? <laughs> and and he he really gave me a vision of it. I was walking by a park on the on the beach, and he says, "You invite people and bring them here, and we're going to pray for her and encourage her." And so I called a good friend of ours, Sharon, and I said, "Let's just pray about this a couple of days. I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be clear that this is from God." So we did, and so that was Sunday morning. Wednesday afternoon, we we started calling, texting people to come. And at Friday night, at about 6.30, no food, no drink being offered. We had about 65 people show up for her. It's a whole other story about how I got her to the beach that night. But uh, we did. She, she just melted. And we had a great time of prayer and encouragement. There was people hanging off their balconies asking what's going on. There was people stopping by and staring. Her favorite big dog in the neighborhood, uh, the owner even brought Mickey to, to spend time with her. And it was just wonderful. And the song that I was listening to as I was crying out to God was Raise a Hallelujah. Hmm. So our uh, Travis Avila, our, our um, worship leader, he had everybody grab your cell phones and and look up the lyrics to raise a hallelujah. And he led us into raise a hallelujah after that. And uh, that was cool because our church hadn't even been singing that song yet. So to get back on track here, um, two things came out of that night of prayer and encouragement that we know of maybe more, but this is what we, we really recognized. The first one was that she needs to get her DNA checked. Now, previous to this, uh, Stanford, Cedar sinai UCLA, and a gazillion other doctor's offices offices could not figure out what was going on with her. So we did. We got her DNA checked. We plugged it into a medical site. And there it was, something that she had um, uh, thought about about six years earlier. And she has a, uh, a, oh, here we go, a deficiency in her mitochondria, her cell's ability to create energy. There's a lot more to it, but to put it in simple terms, you and I wake up with a full tank of gas. She wakes up with a quarter tank. So managing her energy is very important. And I'll leave that part at that. The, the second part of the answered prayer was our next chapter of life is out of California. And uh, I responded, hallelujah, because <laughs> I was not liking California anymore. I was looking to get out. But I didn't think she'd ever say that, much less her the one come to me and say, hey, this is what God's telling me. 
It's like, wow. Well, we started praying about uh, where to go. And God led us back to this, this Memphis area that I had actually visited just after that Soto um, back in May. Um, we were asked by uh, Jay Thompson, regional director, if we wanted to come over here, six guys from Pismo. We said, sure. What are we coming over there for? He goes, we're going to eat. Cool. Uh, I can do that. So I think we did five restaurants in 30 hours or something like that. It was, you know, we were pretty serious about it. But as we toured around, he showed us um, some different areas. And he said, these are areas of white flight. And I, what are you talking about? He said, y'all never heard of white flight? Nope. He said, well, it's an area where a black family moves in to a white neighborhood and all the whites move out. Hmm. I said, in 2019? And he said, yep. So, wow. Just broke my heart. Well, the next day we're driving around again. He shows us another area of white flight. And I said, Jay, how many, how many journey groups are integrated with people of different colors? And he put his head down and he says, none. I said, dude, that breaks my heart. I'm sure that breaks God's heart. Okay. So fast forward to us getting this word that God wants us out of California for our next chapter. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? God brings this burden back on my heart. I actually checked with Tina on it the other day and she said, no, that, that burden never really went away from you. You, you talked about it often. I said, I, I, I thought it kind of went away and then came back. She goes, no, it was, it was there. Well, it was, we started praying about that and I started looking at places to live. And I asked Jay, I says, Hey, where do you live? That was pretty cool. When we visited there, he says, Olive Branch, Mississippi. I said, I didn't even know we left Tennessee. But uh, apparently it's not a big hoopla like when you leave California. You just cross the street, you're in a different state. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, I started looking on Zillow and saw the housing prices. It went, wow, we could buy some house. But uh, anyway, we came out in July and started looking, July of 2020, and started looking at uh, places and uh, was introduced to South Haven. And we were showed this new complex that was being built and you, you got to see it. It's pretty, pretty cool, uh, unique area. And um, yeah, we, uh, we went back and prayed about it. And I came back the next month and signed some papers to build a brand new house from California. So we, we felt like God was bringing it here. And, and uh, you know what we were doing that whole time. We were praying for who God's going to put in our journey groups. Yeah. And, and praying for integration, right? I mean, praying to reach Absolutely. across and, and reach people of, of color, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, two years ago, last Friday uh, was our, uh, that was our anniversary of two years. Um, we were, we got here and uh, I remember our first Saturday here, the cable guy was installing my, uh, my internet and he asked what brought us here. And I told him and, and he says, well, you should go to my church. It's 50% black and 50% white. And I said, cool. I said, is it local? And he said, cause, cause I see, I told God, I want to go into a small church in our neighborhood. And uh, I think God laughed, but uh, so he says, yeah, it's right here in the neighborhood. So we went to that church on Sunday morning and uh, we were the only white people in the church. It, it was, uh, <laughs> it was so awesome. The, the worship was like sitting on the edge of heaven. We cried through the whole thing. Mm. And uh Pastor Orr got up and started preaching. He's skipping across the stage and, uh, Hey, you know, <laughs> it was just, it was awesome. 
and uh, we got to meet Pastor Orr after the service. Uh, we, we stood out a little bit. And uh, as as he started hearing me talk about uh, uh, discipleship and self-feeding, um, he says, well, you and I have to talk. And uh, so here you've got a, a all-Black church of, I, I think there are over 13,000 members, and he's in the first group. And uh, it's like I said, when you start praying about who God's going to put in your group, prepare to be wild. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys started a group and he was in it and where'd the rest of the people come from? So a couple of guys that were with influencers wanted to be part of what was going on. So uh, Chris and Andy joined us. And then uh, when I was buying the house, I met a couple that ended up being my neighbors and, and uh, Jermaine became part of the group. And, and so it was, you know, it was a small, intimate group. But uh, my first words that I ever heard from Rocky as I met him, he said, start small, go deep and pray big. That's right. And so coming off of Paso Chevy groups to, to this, I had to remind myself of that often. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, God wasn't really calling us to be members at that church. So we were looking around and uh, uh, our adoption of our son, there's a tie in to Adrian Rogers in Bellevue. So uh, one Sunday we decided we would take that 40 minute drive all the way to Bellevue and and check it out and yeah, pay a little homage to uh, Adrian Rogers from when he was there. And what we found was not only good biblical preaching, but we found a church that did things really well. And it was, it was so big and I'm adult ADD. So we have to sit down in the front. So I'm not too distracted, but uh, yeah, we ended up becoming members there. And um, one of the executive pastors, Drew Tucker uh, went through the journey over a decade ago in Northwest Arkansas and so him and I connected and, and we started off with him and I doing a journey group with uh, some of the younger pastors that are there. And then it's evolved into some other men's groups and, and some couples groups. And uh, it's uh, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yes. Well, so what what have you learned in a couple of years now as far as your your heart for for integrating, you know, and 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 let me just say this. There's an African-American pastor in this area that asked uh, to go to lunch with me and Rocky and he'd been through the journey uh, with Mark Sewell, one of our board members, but he just said, uh, gentlemen, you need to, you need to raise up more African-American leaders if you want to reach the African-American people, you know? And, and uh, he goes, if, if that's a heart you have, you're going to have to raise up more leaders or whatever. And we were kind of like, well, first of all, we don't raise them up. God does, you know? So we're just going to start praying for God to start raising up more African-American leaders and he's doing that, you know, and uh, at the same time, you're doing what you're doing and all that. So what, what have you learned, you know, as far as, uh, I mean, I think you and I know the journey works for anybody, any man, any woman, mm-hmm. any race, any culture, any language. I mean, you know, it's proven it's yeah. spreading across cultural boundaries, but sure. But what, what do you think about uh, integrated groups versus separate or, I mean, have you learned anything in that vein? Well, I felt like God put it on my heart early in this process. Um, I asked a mixed race couple back in Pismo Beach that were real excited about what we were doing. And I said, Here, here's my challenge. I said, how do I make a race thing, not a race thing? Mm. And Terrence said, oh, that's easy. He goes, all you got to do is pray, let God do it. 
and then you didn't make it anything. There's, I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> but uh, what what I've said many times is, is if we keep this vertical thing vertical, the horizontal will take care of itself. Mm. And I, I've seen to have seen that happen many times. And, um, you know, when, when we do our, our, our story days, our testimonies in our groups, you're inevitably going to hear things that you've never heard before. And so a couple of sweet saints that are in our, um, uh, Tuesday group, they were, they were actually here this morning. Um, they talked about being kids and going to school in the morning and picking cotton on the plantation in the afternoon as kids. Mm. I, I can't relate to that. I can hear it in, in my heart can hear it, but there's nowhere in me that can relate to that. And it just, just to have the love that goes around with, with people, you know, there isn't really a color thing going on. It's just, we're, we're people in a group and we're loving on each other and, and appreciating the background and the stories. And, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't try to be anything that I'm not, I'm just there to meet some people and love on them and see who God brings. And it's just, it's amazing. We just so love it. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I, when this African-American pastor was talking to Rocky now, he was kind of talking about in revelation where it talks about every tribe, every nation, every language, you know, and, and, and a kind of a picture of that in heaven, us all being together, you know, and, and, and I think that's what we're all about in in influencers. It's not about, We're not exclude. We're not an exclusive club. When, yeah. like you, you said it earlier. When, when, when people decide they want to lead a journey group, the first thing we tell them to do is pray, pray yeah. about who to invite, and then, then that right. could be all sorts of different kinds of people that you're not expecting, and they might be people from other races, other, other languages, other cultures, you know. But God will bring them across your path, and uh, yeah. So it's, and, it's and amazing. That, that was one thing that we really, uh, we really liked when we would look over our shoulder at Bellevue is every color on the planet is in that church. I mean, it's, Mm. it's not, you know, a a white blanket across it and uh, it's cool. It's just, yeah, let's, let's get along. Let's just, let's focus on the main thing. And uh, you know, don't, don't try to beat someone else's drum, just beat your own and point to Christ. Mm. Well, and and I loved. I'm still getting, still trying to get over that meeting that we had over at Hope Fellowship uh, that that you and Jay put together and had uh, lots of men of color. I mean, all different kinds of guys, all different ages, you know. And it was just such a sweet spirit in that room. Yeah, that was, everybody. That was Dan and Jay putting it together, not me. I just invited a couple of people. <laughs> yeah, well, the guys you invited loved it too, you know, and and were very touched by yeah. it, you know. So, yeah, yeah, so awesome. So where, where do you think this is heading? I mean, what, what do you think God's vision is for, for that, your area there in Memphis and, and, and even your heart for the, to bridge that gap between races and all that? What do you, where do you see this heading? Well, the, the one that's thrown me for a loop is uh, my friends, Dan and Wendy Dow came from California back in October and they were going to uh, parchment, the Mississippi state penitentiary for a Malachi dad's graduation. And I just wanted to spend some time with my friends. So I apologize influencers. I didn't go to the leadership summit because I was cheating on you. <laughs> um, but God introduced me to something else. 
Yeah, which you know you you almost have to expect at this stage of the game, right? It, yep. it, it's not just I want to go hang out with some people. No, you're going to go hang out with some people. God's going to show you something. And I saw a lot of a lot of humbled people, a lot of contrite hearts, a lot of people hoping for a second chance. And through some of the um, chaplains, we got to hear from these guys that. They were uh, they were lifers in Angola, over in uh, Louisiana, and here they are. Through a miracle of the Lord, got out of prison, and are back in prison serving as chaplains. And Reggie Watts even said, "I married a cop," <laughs> because don't God have a sense of humor? But. Um, you know, God's God's given us uh, some some ways in there. Uh, George had already been been in there. I saw a packet on on uh, Chaplain Watts' desk when when I was there in October, and I I got to meet the uh, the superintendent, the warden, uh, Mark McClure, and him and I have become friends. And um, you know, we had that meeting with them last week. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I heard at the end was, "I love what you're doing." Just do what you say you're going to do. And whatever your, your question is, the answer is yes. Yeah, I think I also heard, hey, you can do anything you want. If you don't do it, it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> like here's, almost like here's the keys to the prison. You know, I love what you guys are doing. The journey's already making yeah. an impact just two months in. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, here, here you yeah. go. Whatever you want to do, you can do. <laughs> yeah. So just to, to see God's hand of favor on, on that kind of thing. Um, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And I don't think I was there for, for an accident, you know, uh, Rocky and Greg stayed here when they went to, um, Marshall County prison in December, um, put on a, uh, Christmas, Christmas show kind of thing. And, uh, me and some others made 1189 peanut butter jelly sandwiches and, uh, passed them out to the, uh, to the, um, inmates and man, they were so appreciative and uh, I had one myself and it was pretty darn good, but Rocky shared about the journey and uh, asked who would like to go on a journey and they got a pr pretty good show in hands. And so uh, Brian Ward had start, has started a journey group over there as well. So I, I really see that uh, prison ministry is, is part of our future and what we're doing here. And um uh, you met, uh, David, um, I met him at a business meeting for business breakfast a couple of weeks ago. And here's a guy that has a ministry that helps inmates get into careers and, and jobs as they get out of prison. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, isn't that a coincidence <laughs> that we're helping change hearts of men while they're in preparing them for a future and here's as some of them get out, here's a guy that's helping them to get jobs. And so they're completely revamping these guys' hearts and 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 minds and souls to have a have a better chance at a second chance. So he he came and he hadn't even heard about what influencers was about. I had just given him a nickel's worth and he he was like, wow, this is amazing. So I I just see prison ministry as as a part of our future. And, um, it, it's, it's very humbling to be a part of it. You know, I never saw myself in prison and what I've really realized being in these two different ones 
is that, um, you know, every one of us is one bad reaction from being right where those guys are. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's right. Well, I, you know, I was very encouraged last week when I was driving home just thinking about all the things I just got to see just a little snippet of everything I got to see four or five different meetings, including the going to the prison, but, but also some meeting with some of the men at some of the different churches and, and, you know, what I kept thinking is the fields are ripe for harvest. I think yeah. I think the guys uh, that came before you, Howard Jones and Jay and others, uh, Ben Reed, Wood Stevens, those guys have have uh, have been tilling the ground. You know, they've been they've been getting it going. But I think there's so much more to come. And I think I think God sent you there for a reason you know, to, to kind of help build on what they've done and, and so much, so many opportunities there. It's just amazing. Well, everyone here is, I mean, Mississippi is the hospitality state. And I mean, it, it just happens and it, no matter where Tina and I have been, uh, we, we constantly talk about the people and uh, friends from California, they'll, they'll ask, Hey, what, what's so different? And I said, well, can you imagine going through your day and someone just out of the blue saying, I appreciate you? And they go, no, I, said, <laughs> I, I hear that four to six times a day. It's just a normal thing. And what it does is it makes me do that too. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that uh, uh, I didn't die before I was 25. Like me and my friends thought was probably going to happen. And mm -hmm. that, uh, God, God took a chance on, on this guy that I never heard the gospel until I was 21 and, uh, got saved in a, um, in a Calvary chapel in the San Jose area. And, uh, it was real, real awesome to go out and see the Jesus revelation movie here recently mm. and see where my roots actually started before I even knew about it. Mm. And, um, you know, God is moving and he's on the move and he wants, he wants more people in his kingdom. The Jesus has not come back yet because the, the there's more tickets left. So, right. um, you know, I've always said I've, I've compared my church going experience to when I was a little kid, my dad had a baseball team and my brother played, he was the catcher. And so I'd sit in the benches with my mom and I was just an onlooker and I had no idea what was going on. And then a year later, they put a little uniform on me and made me a bat boy. So I was, I was in and around it and that was kind of cool, but I still really didn't have any idea what was going on. And a couple of years after late, uh, after that, I put on my own uniform and I got in the game. And let me tell you, it's way better in the game than it is sitting out there on the bench. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Mark, thank you so much for all you're doing. Thank you for your obedience. Uh, and I loved being with you guys. And 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 Tina is great. So glad I got to know her and we're continuing to pray for her health and and her part, Appreciate her that. part of this mission. You know, she's part of the mission too, obviously. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> guided some women's journey groups and she co-guides with me when we do our couples groups. Oh awesome. and, and I, I I will put a plug in it there. Um don't be afraid to do a couples group. Mm -hmm. Um you know, Brian used it with me and I use it with all my couples groups. If you look at a triangle and you have uh, him and her on the bottom of the triangle, if they're seeking Christ, they're going to come closer together and the marriage is going to be better. And uh thought maybe you might want to describe what's over my head on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is an audio only uh, podcast, but uh, yeah, he's got a, some uh, si signage above his head that says, but God, dot, dot, dot. So. 
no matter what's going on, God is there. He's in it. Just pay attention. Don't quit. He's there. That's right. That's right. I'm a big fan of couples journey groups, by the way. You know that. So I know you are. <laughs> well, thanks, Mark. Um, and, Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, I love get, have people getting to know you. So anyway, well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. And uh, we do these just to to keep inspiring you guys and letting you, letting you hear the stories that I'm seeing and, and also educating you on some of the new opportunities that are happening in the ministry. And, and so keep praying for Memphis, Mississippi area and, and all the things that, that God wants to do there and, and for, for sending Mark and Tina there to help in the process. So anyway, you can find our podcasts on anywhere you stream your, your podcast, Google, Spotify, or Apple, uh, or you can find them on our website, influencers.org under resources and podcasts. You can find all the previous episodes that we've done. I think we're up in a couple hundreds of episodes now. So it's been kind of a fun thing to do. So anyway, my name is Brian Craig, executive director for influencers, global ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. God bless you.